It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ live every weekday morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. In the previous study, we were looking at what Paul calls our former way of living. And again, he's setting up a contrast saying, this is not how we are to live. We are not to live in the mindset of the world with our hearts being darkened and giving ourselves over to every form of sin. Rather, we are to be in Christ Jesus. And what I'd like to do over these next couple of studies is walk through what Paul calls the learning of Christ, that we are to be schooled in Christ. So let me just read the passage in Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 20. This is what Paul says about this incredible reality that you and I get to participate in. He said, after speaking about the old former way of living, but you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed, or better translated since, you heard him and were taught in him just as truth is in Jesus. Again, Paul set up the contrast. He says, there's been a radical change that has happened in your life. And in one sense, you could just say it's this idea of out with the old, in with the new. That there's this former way of life that should no longer define us. And as you walk through this idea, again, and I mentioned this in the, the last study, but a summary of the, all that stuff that we talked about in the last one is that our life is not to look like the world around us. That we are no longer Gentiles. We are no longer unbelievers. We are are Christians. And the reality is, is that if you and I are Christians, we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. I love what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. In other words, there's been a line drawn in the sand and who you once were no longer is who you are. Yeah, you may look the same, you may smell the same, but you are not the same. That you have a renewed mind in Christ Jesus. He's changed your hearts, your affections, your, your emotions, your thought processes, even your language, your actions. Everything in your life is to be radically different in Christ Jesus. So much so, Paul says that you are a new creature. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now, in our passage, in verse 20, Paul says, again, this was your former way of living. And then he says, but you did not learn Christ in this way. So I want to talk in this particular study of what does it mean for us to learn Christ? How do we learn Christ? Because as you look at the passage, he does not say, because you learned about Christ, but rather in a very strange construction, he says, you learned Christ. When you look at this idea, setting up the contrast, you could say it this way. You don't learn godliness by living in sin. You and I as Christians are called to live a righteous, holy, godly life. But we cannot learn that. We, we cannot experience godliness when we consistently live in sin. Paul says that was our former way of thinking. That was our former way of living. That was our former attitudes. That was our former lifestyle and language. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. And if we are going to walk as righteous, holy, godly believers, well, you're not going to learn that in sin. We learn that in Jesus. 
So I want to give you four ideas of what does it mean for us to learn Christ? I love this idea. Number one is this. It's this idea of personal. It's about knowing Jesus, not just knowing about him. This may be one of my all-time favorite topics to talk about. And if you hang out with me for probably any length of time, I will probably bring up my favorite Greek word, which is the word gnosko. And the reason I love this idea and this word is because it is such a great portrayal of, of the Christian life. That, yeah, we are to know about Jesus. We are to know about his word. And yet, if all we have is academics and information, do you realize we actually still don't have very much? You can know all the information, have all the academics die, and you'd still end up in hell. Because the reality of the Christian life is not about how much information do we have, it's all about relationship. And the word gnosko is, is a word translated know or knowledge, but it's knowing something not because you've read it, not because you've seen a billboard, not because you read a newspaper. The word gnosko is this idea of knowing something because you've experienced it or you have relationship, that there's this new reality that is taking place in your life. And now, you know, through a relational experiential way, the reality of Christ. This is so strong in scripture. In fact, in John chapter 17, verse three, Jesus says, do you know what eternal life is? Eternal life is this, knowing, gnoscoing me. Again, you can know all the information, but that doesn't actually save you. Even the demons believe, they, they have information, they shudder, but they don't have relationship. See, the reality of the Christian life is intimacy, relationship, experiencing the living God. And so as we talk about this idea of what does it mean to learn Christ, again, Paul doesn't say to learn about Jesus. Oh, I'll, I'll take a study, I'll take a seminar, I'll study the Bible. Yeah, you should do that. You should know Jesus and, and, and know his word. But there's something far superior than just knowing about. It's actually having a relationship with. And I don't about you, but uh, you can know a lot of good information about someone, but that is so different than spending time with them over a cup of coffee. That relationship and experience always trumps the information and the academics. I love what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. He says that his desire and his passion is that he might know, gnosko him, Jesus, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Paul says, I don't want to just know information about Jesus. Oh, I'm longing to know relationally, experientially him. So as you look at this idea of what Paul is saying in Ephesians 4.20 about learning Christ, the undercurrent of this whole thing is relational. It's, it, the undercurrent is experiential and intimate. In fact, let me just give you what a few scholars have said about this idea of learning Christ as it relates to this idea of being personal. Warren Wiersbe said this, to learn Christ means to have a personal relationship to Christ so that you get to know him better each day. I can learn about Sir Winston Churchill because I own many of his books and can secure books about his life but I can never learn him because he is dead. But Jesus Christ is alive. Therefore, I can learn Christ through a personal fellowship with him. Peter Thomas O'Brien, an, another scholar and commentator, said, learning Christ means welcoming him as a living person 
and being shaped by his teaching. This involves submitting to his rule of righteousness and responding to his summons to standards and values completely different from what they have known. Another scholar said that the philosophical writers of roughly Paul's time could apparently speak of learning God in the sense not merely of learning about him, but in the more relational sense of renewing one's kinship with him. He goes on and says, this is similar to the way Paul uses the phrase here. Paul conceives, I love this statement, get this. Paul conceives of Christ as a living person, seated with God in the heavenly places, chapter one, verse 20. And so he thinks of those who believe in Christ as having a relationship with him. They are seated with him in the heavenly places, chapter two, verse six. And Christ lives in their hearts, chapter three, verse 17. When they first believe the gospel, chapter one, verse 13, and they continue to mature in their faith, chapter four, verse 13, they certainly learned about Christ and his teachings, but they've also developed a relationship with him as a living person. And I love what Charles Spurgeon said about this idea, about learning Christ. Spurgeon said this, So if you want to know the Lord Jesus Christ, you must live with him. First, he must himself speak to you. And afterwards, you must abide in him. He must be the choice companion of your morning hours. He must be with you throughout the day. And with him, you must also close the night. And as often as you may wake during the night, you must say, when I awake, I am still with thee. There is no way of fully learning Christ except by being perpetually with him. Love that statement. In other words, what all those guys were saying is that the undercurrent, the essence of learning Christ is all personal. It's not just facts and data and information. It's relational and experiential. So how do we learn Christ? Well, we need to remember that it's personal. We need to know him in relationship. Number two is this idea of being preoccupied. Or it gives this idea of an apprenticeship. That same word to learn uh, is used in Matthew chapter 11. And you know this passage really well, but Jesus in verses 28 and 29 says this, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn, that's our word, from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. When you look at that idea of learn, specifically in in that passage, Jesus is saying, hey, I I don't want you just to learn about something. It's the idea of discipleship. And maybe even a better word for our context is an apprentice. See, if you go back about 100 years or so, and you say, okay, I want to be a blacksmith. Well, how do you become a blacksmith? Oh, well, I have to go down to the local blacksmith and become an apprentice. So could you imagine, I go down to the local blacksmith and say, hey, I want to learn the, the, the trade of being a blacksmith. And he says, okay, great. Uh, why don't you go home, get all of your stuff, and you're going to move into the guest room. And I'd be like, no, no, no hold on, hold on. Uh, I'm just here for some information. Could, could you like at a two-hour seminar? He's like, no. Okay, how about this? Can I just show up for eight hours a day, and you could train me to be a blacksmith? And he would say, no. Go get your stuff, move into the guest house. And over the next several years, I will teach you to be a blacksmith. And we'd be like, what What on earth? But the idea of an apprentice is not just that you learn some information. It's that you actually take on the lifestyle 
of the one you're being trained under. In other words, if you actually want to learn to be a great blacksmith, it's not just what you do in the shop. It's how you live at home and how you treat your wife and what you eat and what you do in your free time. And the whole lifestyle of a blacksmith needs to become a part of you as the apprentice. So think about what Jesus is saying. He says, oh, I want you to learn of me. I want you to be discipled by me. And discipleship, which is we probably, I think we've misunderstood discipleship in our modern day. Because we think of discipleship as an hour class once a week. Or we think of it like, well, yes, I'm a disciple of Christ. But being a disciple of Christ means that we actually take on his life. That his lifestyle and his thought processes and his behavior and how he spends free time and all of that is impressed upon us and we are his apprentice. We are his disciple. So what then does it mean to learn Christ? Well, it doesn't, again, just mean to learn about him, but it means to be preoccupied and consumed and immersed in the reality of who he is. It means to turn our whole focus, our gaze upon him, to be consumed, this overwhelming immersion in the life and the reality of, of Christ, that I become his apprentice. A third idea is what I'm calling perpetual. It's this idea of ongoing, that, that if we are truly learning Christ, we never stop learning him. We are always maturing in Christ. We are always being conformed to his image. Our minds are consistently being renewed over and over and over. Isn't it interesting that in Christianity, we, we don't become a Christian and we go, whoo, got that one done. Praise the Lord. Now I can go do something else. See, the reality of the Christian life is that we are disciples and that we are ever becoming more and more like our master, our teacher, our Lord, that, that we are consistently ongoing, being shaped and conformed and matured to look like Jesus, that he's going into greater places and he's removing greater areas of sin and, and selfishness and those things that we didn't even recognize. He's saying, can I have that too? Oh, can I have that attitude? Oh, can I have that mindset? Oh, can I have that language? And we are consistently ongoing becoming more and more like Christ. I, I love what Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says. Paul declares that we are not to be conformed to the world, but rather we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind so that you may approve what the will of God is, that which is good and pleasing and perfect. That word for transformed, I, I, I love this idea in scripture. It, it's in the present tense. And when we use present tense, we typically mean like for right now. But in Greek, the present tense has this idea of, yes, it's for right now, but it's the ever-present tense, meaning whatever, whenever it is present, that should be the reality of our lives. So when should our minds be transformed? All the time. <laughs> Not just like right now, and then, oh, finally, my mind's done. I got that one covered. No, my mind consistently, in an ongoing sense, needs to be transformed. So how do I learn Christ? Well, this is not a one and done thing. This is an ongoing reality that it just consistently flows through my whole life. And I don't know about you, but that's incredibly exciting. Because as I look at my life and my attitude and my mindset and my, my behavior, and I, I still have propensity. I still have these areas where I'm like, I need Jesus. And I love the fact that I become more and more like him, that I ever increase in Christ-likeness, I ever grow in godliness, I ever become more holy, I'm consistently being sanctified by him. Oh, I just love that idea. 
that I am forever being conformed into his image. And there is coming a day, praise the Lord, there is coming a day when, when everything will be renewed and everything will be restored. But until then, there's this ongoing reality that I'm becoming more and more and more like Christ as I learn him. Well, fourth is this idea of what I'm calling positional. Paul says in our passage that the truth is in Jesus. So do you realize that Jesus is the school in which we're being taught? And yet he's also the teacher. And he's also the subject of which we're learning. Because the truth is in him. So it's, it's not that Paul is saying that some truth is found in Jesus, as if you could find some, some truth somewhere else. He's saying that all truth is in Jesus. In fact, Jesus said the same thing in John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. In other words, he is the sole means of truth. Yeah, there may be some facts out there, but if you want to know truth, truth is a person. Well, well how do I grow in that? How, how do I, if the truth is in him, how on earth am I going to grow in all that? Oh, here's an idea for you. You need to be in the word. That there is this incredible interaction between the written and the living word. Uh, Jesus, we call the living word. John chapter one, he's the word made flesh. He's the living word. Scripture, we call the written word of God. And do you recognize that there is an interaction between the written word and the living word? So if you want to know Jesus, if you want to learn of him, if you want to just get inside of, I mean, if you just want to progress, if you want to have this deeper intimacy and, and relationship with him, well, you've got to get in the word because there's this interaction between the written and the living word. And if I want to go, if I want to know him and his heart and his mind and his nature, that is revealed and exposed in the written word. And as I get in the written word, hey, I understand this is not Jesus. This is just ink on paper. Hey, we get that. But the reality of truth is, is that as I get into this book, I'm getting into his heart. I'm getting into his mind. I'm just, I'm getting to know him because he is this book made, made flesh. He is the truth, the word of God made flesh. In fact, in John 17, verse 17, Jesus says, sanctify them by the truth, your word is truth. So do you see this connection? Jesus says, I am the truth. And hey, Father, I want you to take your word, which is truth, and I want you to sanctify them. My, my disciples, I want you to take your word and by, by the truth, and I want you to, to reveal. In fact, in chapter 16 of John, the Holy Spirit, which is called the spirit of truth, Jesus says he's going to take you by the hand is going to guide you into all truth, which is not just the word of God in text. It's the word of God in person. So there's this incredible interaction between the written word and the living word. And if I want to learn Christ, if I want to progress in him, I've got to be in the written word. I've got to delight myself in the word because all truth is in Christ. And Jesus says his word, the written word is truth. And this book is going to sanctify you why? Because it's going to reveal Christ to you and he's going to keep changing you and conforming you to the image of Christ. So, so how do we learn Christ? Paul says, hey, you had this former way of living and that should no longer define you. Why? Because I have learned Christ. Well, how do we do that? How do we consistently walk in the reality of learning Jesus? So again, these four ideas. Number one was personal 
It's all about knowing Jesus, not just knowing about him. Number two, be, be, be preoccupied, consumed, be his apprentice. Number three, it's this idea of perpetual, that there's this ongoing reality where we are consistently and never, never stopping in this progression of learning him. And number four is positional, that the truth is in him. And as such, what would it look like if I just got into this word, I spent time with him in prayer, and I just began to realize that the greatest adventure of life is learning Christ. Man, I want that for you so badly. Now, in the next couple of studies, Paul, in verses 21 through 23, breaks down and says, hey, let me tell you what it means to specifically learn Christ. What is it that Christ has done, and what is it that he's wanting to do in and through our lives? So I encourage you to study ahead. Uh, look again at verses 20 down to verse 20 through 24. And I just, I'm so excited for what God is doing. Do you realize we do not have to live like the world? I know I keep repeating this, but this is so huge. We don't have to live like the world. We can actually be conformed to the image of Christ. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, from our campus in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekly sermon is delivered live at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings with a delayed live stream available at noon Mountain Time. Go to ellerslie.com forward slash daily to get all the details. Thanks for listening.